Hey, hey, what's the fuss and tell me what's happening? This is the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 56. We are hitting the fantasy playoffs, baby. Week 14, I am Pyromaniac Mo. You can follow me on Twitter. That's all letters at Pyromaniac Mo. Now, as you know, the wealth of the Pyro podcasts can be found on iTunes. We're on Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and our beloved blog, Talk Radio. Now, if you enjoy the goo we are slinging you about fantasy football, go ahead and leave us a review wherever you encounter Pyro. That helps us boost our notoriety. So we're giving to you. Give back to us. Uh, I will start reading recent reviews very soon so you can get a shout-out on an upcoming show. Um, we heard at the beginning a little Paul Simon, who is one of my favorites. This is... Obvious Child, which is on Rhythm of the Saints. That song just makes me move. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I play it with my kids all the time. They're running around banging on tables and whatnot. So it's a household favorite, but I've long loved Paul Simon. And so I thought it was time we'd get him on the pyro light. All right, guys, without further ado, for episode 56, I am here with author of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide 2016, Mr. Bob Long. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Paul Simon, excellent choice. Great, great fan as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, boy, fantastic. Uh, I showed my daughter the You Can Call Me Al, Al yeah. video. <laughs> That's a classic. With Chevy <clears throat> Chase, yep. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, boy, there were some parts on there that I kind of forgot. There's the drum stand, and Chevy yeah. Chase pretends it's a table, and all the yep. things are falling through it. And <laughs> yeah, it's just really, classic. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Now... Mr. Bob Lung, you can be found on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. Tell the Pyromaniacs a bit about yourself and uh, the book you are um, currently author of. All right. Well, uh, again, my name is Bob Lung. I live in Northeast Ohio. I actually live in Can, Ohio, which is home to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Been here all my life. And uh, I started playing fantasy football in 1985, uh, which, yes, was before the Internet. Um, so I would mail out, uh, snail mail out the uh, reports every week. People would call my answer machine on Sundays to leave their lineup, and that's how we worked it for a while. Um, but uh, back in 2002, I came up uh, after my team did really poorly, uh, even though I had the MVP, Sean Alexander, on my team. Um, I didn't make the playoffs in my league, even though it was a touchdown-only league, and Sean Alexander had 15 touchdowns that year. But he scored five of them on a Monday night game, and in three other games, he scored the rest of them. So only four of the games did he score the touchdowns, and the rest of them, he scored zero for me. And I went, you know, if he would have scored just one touchdown a week, I would have won two more games, I would have made the playoffs. Hmm, 
There must be something about this consistency thing that really is probably very helpful in head-to-head leagues. Um, And so, uh, long story short, after 14 years of writing about it, creating uh, online reports where you can put your own scoring method in on BigGuyFantasySports.com, which is the site that I run, um, I came up and basically kind of perfected the whole consistency idea. Uh, Now write a book every year, which is basically a... Fantasy Football Magazine, I call it the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, which does 175 profiles of players, and all it's about is how consistent they are. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. Um, I don't do targets, I don't do DFS stuff, I just focus on consistency and how that can help people who play in season-long leagues can help your team by adding that to your kind of uh, arsenal of tools to help you pick a little bit more wisely at draft time and and waiver wire time that can help your uh, team make the playoffs. And that's the only way you can win a championship is make the playoffs. I like it. The The consistency factor is certainly huge. We all like the uh, guys that can hit it out of the park. However, if they're only knocking it out once every six weeks, it's really not helping you. <laughs> or every and, other week will kill you too. Yeah, uh, not going to help you, especially... This time of year, which is so crucial. Now, Bob, you and I were talking before. There are, we'll say, some of us that might have a problem with fantasy football and the amount of leagues we're on, and much to the chagrin of uh, the wives and children and people in our lives. Now, I've heard about it. I was telling you, uh, we're in a lot, Pyro. Now, what's nice is collectively, we have several of us, so, you know, we all kind of sit in on the drafts, but we can pass it off, and to be honest, Stag Party mans up and he does a bunch, but uh, we're doing well, we're in the playoffs in the Scott Fishbowl and the uh, the blog talk radio, I've got my league of record, my high school guys that I've been playing with for a long time, I- I've cut it down. Bob, tell the listeners how many leagues you played in this year. So I was in 19 leagues this year. Goodness gracious, man. What, but, what's what's waiver wire time like for you? Well, it, I actually have a pretty decent system. So basically Tuesday evening, I come home um, from work and I just go online. I mean, I follow my teams, obviously, to see how they're doing, you know, Sunday, Monday. But Tuesday night, um, I'll usually go through all the teams, kind of pretend like I'm going to set my lineup for the week and see where my holes are. I take a quick look at the waiver wire to see if I can need to fill holes. I do that, but then I look for anybody who might be out there that their consistency starting to pick up a little bit. I'll pick up all the guys on Tuesday night. That may take eh, half hour to an hour, depending on how many teams I need to adjust. Um, you know, Wednesday night, again, I'll kind of see, you know, the waivers wall run Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, I'll see if there's anything last minute. Somebody is out for the Thursday night game. And then maybe Saturday again, I'll take a look at it, see if, again, somebody uh, comes up. But, you know, I, I do it in small chunks. Uh, my kids are all grown now. They're out of the house. My three daughters uh, have moved on either to college or, you know, married life or, um, you know, real world life. So it's just me and my wife. And, you know, after uh, playing this for since 1985 and being a national expert since 2002, my wife kind of gets it and just she knows it's my hobby. So, you know, she does gardening and stuff and I do fancy football. All right, man. Well, cheers to you, brother. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, Christmas break coming up. I know I'm a teacher by trade. Oh, there you go. Diving into the fantasy football consistency guide and uh, seeing how I can 
become a better player. I'm always looking to be a better player and a better human, as we all should be. Now, let's look at Vegas. Before we start really uh, ratcheting things up, now, I like to believe that Vegas can give folks a leg up in fantasy, at least let you know which games might produce some big scoring, which games you might want to target. So, Bob, why don't you kick it off with one game that you've got your eye on that Vegas uh, might be telling you you think there's going to be some good scoring for fantasy? Well, the one I'm looking at is the Eagles-Redskins game. I mean, anytime these NFC East teams get together, they all of them have pretty poor defenses, and it's usually pretty much a, a track meet. And when you have the Redskins with Garcon and Jackson and Crowder, uh, Vernon Davis, and then the Eagles, I mean, Carson Wentz has been down a little bit. But Redskins' defense is terrible. Eagles are playing at home where they play a little bit better uh, on a normal base. I think they're 4-1 at home. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I just think this is going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring on both sides of the ball. Um, so I'm targeting a lot of the players uh, on both teams. I like that one, uh, particularly with some of the, the Philly cornerbacks. So I'm going to be talking about some Redskins players a bit later. Uh, starting at the low end of the spectrum, we got Minnesota at Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, they're home, and yet they are the underdogs, of course. Over-under, <laughs> lowest of the week there at just 40. Probably one to stay away from, however, unless you're playing certainly that vaunted Minnesota defense. Now, got a couple other ones I'm looking at. Just real quick, though, I'm a Motown Man, so you know I'm going to talk a little bit about the Chicago at Detroit, and I am so pleased I can still say the Detroit Lions <laughs> are number one in the Norse division. And yes. Bob, we're in December, man. You—it's not often I have said all those words consecutively. Yeah, uh, I'm pleased as punch. Uh, this is an interdivisional rivalry, so it's going to be a good one. Detroit, believe it or not. Nine-point favorites when this thing opened up. The over-under was at 44. Now, that's the highest spread of the week, and you know Vegas loves the Patriots. So if Vegas is saying Detroit is going to win by more than the Pats, that is something. That leaves Detroit Lions with nearly 27 points implied total, 26.5 at opening. I couldn't be happier about this one. For DFS plays, I think there's a lot of nice floor plays, a lot of nice cash plays with some of those Detroit players, mm -hmm. Riddick and Tate. You know, you, you kind of get <clears> some yep, good Some of the guys I listed. <laughs> yeah, you get some real nice, real nice cash plays. And Bolden, I think uh, last week or this week, we were talking up Bolden. He, maybe I did a tweet about him, but man, he's got more touchdowns than, you know, guys like Julio Jones and really big players. That's quite shocking, actually. So as a Detroit fan, I'll take it. Absolutely. Now, yeah. As a Ohio man, what do you think about the uh, Battle of Ohio there, Cincy at Cleveland? So my Browns have not done well this year, um, which may be the understatement of a lifetime. Um, <laughs> but they always seem, no matter how bad they are, they always seem to have that one game at home where they're they're up, they're pretty good size underdogs. And they're playing somebody in the AFC North, and they'll knock them off. Sometimes it's been the Steelers. Sometimes it's been the Ravens. A lot of times it's been the Bengals. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to predict the Browns not only cover their 5.5, but the Browns are going to win their first game of the season at home in Cleveland this weekend. Wow. 
Heard it here. And how do you feel about RG3 getting the start? I like RG. I mean, RG3, you know, he's he, he can be great. He can also be terrible. It's his first game back. You know, I'm sure there's going to be a little rust, but what he has is pretty good legs. And as long as he has pretty good legs, that means he can move around and make things happen. Uh, Terrell Pryor's back, uh, you know, so I think, I think there's a good combination, you know. Even though the Bengals did have a really good game last week against the Eagles, I kind of think they come in a little big-headed, um, which could get put them behind. Andy Dalton has those moments where he can throw interceptions. Jeremy Hill's good for fumbling football. So, you know, I, I'm seeing some mistakes. They're they're calling for flurries. So the snow will be on the ground, which always makes it even more interesting. So I think it's going to be an ugly game, but I think the Browns could pull this one off. Or if not, at yeah. least cover the spread. Well, that's a, it's a bold call, my friend. And uh, we're going to get back to this one a little bit later. Uh, I like Cincy, some plays there. I, I'm interested just as, as a fan to see what RG3 is going to do, who's going to sh- which RG3 is going to show up, I suppose. Right. Now, I also like the uh, San Diego at Carolina. 49.5 over under. Vegas expects this one at opening, which numbers I like to use. It's not necessarily driven by the betting trends, although sometimes, as we saw when Barkley got the start, <laughs> there was a <laughs> lot of line movement there, and it wasn't from big betting trends. It was because he's Matt Barkley. Now, San Diego, Carolina, 49.5, as I said, second highest scoring game of the week. That leaves 25.5 implied for Carolina. I like some plays on both sides here. There's some very nice cheap DFS wide receiver plays in San Diego, and I got a couple surprising plays, or at least one surprising wide receiver play, I think, in Carolina. Coming up soon, the Baltimore at the Pats. Now, as I said, Vegas loves these guys. Second highest spread of the week at eight points for the Patriots, of course. Uh, Over-under set at 44.5. Now, again, second uh, highest spread behind the Lions. Now, Lions, surprisingly, have a just a smidge higher implied total, which just blows me away because the Vegas always seems to love the Patriots, and whether that's because Vegas loves them or whether that's because they seem to put up all the time. Lots of plays here. You just I never know who to call exactly on the Patriots, except Blunt. I, I like him a lot this week, what with a home game with a very high spread, and then boom, of course, Baltimore. So that makes me think twice about the blunt play. They're just so tough to yeah, they're uh, run. Number one, number one re- run defense, pretty tough. In fact, we were talking about it last night, Nate and I, uh, on our podcast, and I said, I don't know if I would start blunt. Uh, now you're talking more DFS than I'm talking actually fantasy football season league, but I said I think the guys I like in this one would be James White and Deion Lewis. James White at only $4,700 in FanDuel. That might be a decent, uh, you know, cash call there. That could be. It's going to be an interesting game. Usually with Blunt, I like it when Patriots are at home. He's scoring over a touchdown at home. Boom, we got that. When there's going to be a positive game script. So when the Patriots are heavily favored, boom, you got that. But man, that Baltimore, that defense is for real. They are not messing around this year. They're much like the vaunted Baltimore of old, Terrell Suggs playing with torn biceps. He's like the Hulk out there. Just incredible. So it'll be interesting to see if Blunt can keep up that touchdown streak going against this D. I also like, as many folks do, the Atlanta, of course, going against L.A. They're at L.A. Five and a half 
It was the opening favored spread for Atlanta, and over-under of 46. Now, that's the fourth highest spread this week. Atlanta, the implied team total on the road, is almost 26 points. Maybe some nice DFS plays there, expensive plays, but we'll certainly look at that. And my last one would be the Houston at Indy. Indy, favored, home favorites by six and a half, over under is 47. And Indy, second highest implied team total, I believe, of the week. Just a smidge between the Detroit Lions at 27 and the Patriots at 26.5. Indy's right there, 26.75. Now, boy, I like a lot of the Indy plays as well against Houston. Uh, I don't think I like too many guys on the Houston. We'll see. I might talk a little Hopkins later, but he's just so risky. Now, Bob, what about you? You got anyone else you're keeping an eye on? There might be another game out there that's uh, still a very high-scoring game. Well, I I was kind of leaning toward the Lions, uh, scoring a lot of points against the Bears. I'm definitely all over that one. Um, you know, like you said, uh, the, the, the San Diego Panthers, uh, Carolina Panthers won. Um, you know, people, you know, like you said, there's a lot of good, um, price out there on wide receivers between Ted Ginn on one side and, you know, Dontrell Elman, Inman on the other yep. side. So, I mean, there, there's some good, good cheap plays there, uh, on, on all those. And, and I think that all the, both, all those could be a pretty high scoring game. Because in those cases, the weather is not going to be as big of a factor. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting December. A couple games calling for snow. I marked those down. Last one, over under 51. The only one over 50 points, New Orleans at Tampa. You think this is going to be what they expect, a shootout? Or are we going to – which New Orleans team are we going to see show up, for goodness well, sake? Well, yeah, I think, uh, I think if Breeze has another uh, tank-like job like he did last week – but uh, you know the Buccaneers' defense is terrible, and so are the Saints. But <laughs> so I really do think this is definitely the one that uh, probably could put up the most points of the week. Uh, you know this one's playing down in sunny uh, Tampa, so it's 81 degrees, uh, calling for 81 degrees, and so you know the weather will be perfect. Um, so you got to expect a shootout there. Um, you know, so there's also some good prices in there. Cameron Braid at tight end could be a good pick. You know, um, if Humphreys is back, but not that Martino guy last week had a decent game. Um, so, and then of course on New Orleans side between Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed, all those guys certainly have the ability to put up some good numbers as well. Yeah. Now that I look at it, it's actually Tampa has the highest implied team total of the week at opening with 27. They are favored by three at home. So man, that's going to be a good one as long as we see what we have come to expect from Drew Brees. And I just can't imagine he's going to string together two clinkers. If anything, uh, I think he might be a little hot under the collar after last week. I'm sure and he is. We should see a, a good one uh, that should easily go over 50. I like the over for sure in that one. Before we get into the streaming picks this week, let's pause here and uh, get a little test your knowledge, sir. Got some trivia for you. Are you ready, Bob? I'm ready. All right. Now we're going to give you some time to think about this one. Speaking of Drew Brees, we're going to start off a little nice and easy. And if you were, you know, had your antenna up during the, the New Orleans game last week, you might have caught this tidbit. Drew Brees. He's been the man for his owners this year. He had a little bit of a stinker. I think it was the... It was a Giants game earlier, and then certainly last week. Mr. Breeze failed to toss a touchdown in the Big Easy. 
Now, I want you to think about this for a second while we keep the lights on and pay the bills. So I'm going to ask you and the folks at home, tell me, when was the last time? Give me the year. The last time that Breeze failed to throw a touchdown at home. I want you to think about that while you listen to this. We will be right back. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. Just reminding you to stop on by pyromaniac.com. We just put up the daily do's and don'ts, which is our uh, fantasy daily fantasy piece of the week. We got some great, great charts that Pyrolytics has been working on. Top positional weeks, one of my favorites there. Also, the positional points against. Check it all out at pyromaniac.com. Before the break, I said that Drew Brees failed to put up a TD last week at home, and this was the first time he's done this in quite some time. Bob, can you tell me the year? The year, the last time Drew Brees failed to throw a TD in the Big Easy. Well, I think I remember the game because it was the game that he snapped his streak um, of the most, was it most, games in a row or when he broke the record for most games in a row with a touchdown in one game or at least one touchdown every game and I want to say that was 2014 now I think that might be the Houston one and I believe that one was at Houston uh, if my sources are correct I'm pretty sure I looked it up okay uh or at least the one that you're referring to oh, that okay. was that was on, the, one that that was on the, the road okay yeah that was on the road okay according to Last week's broadcast was 2009 was wow. the last time that Drew Brees well, did not put up because he had that streak where he probably went from that right. game to the one in 14. So he did probably five years. So right. that, that, that makes that probably pretty close. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's incredible. Talk, yeah. You do the consistency report. Talk about consistent. Doesn't oh. get much better than that. Yeah, between I, I I say between Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, Brady when he's healthy and not being suspended is up there as well. Um, but yeah, Breeze yeah. and Rogers, it's hard to beat either one of those guys for consistency you know, from a year to year standpoint. You know, I've got Stafford, you're, you're Ohio. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing. Just some, some teams <laughs> don't know how good they have it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's turn now to a bit of streaming talks. This is still important, but perhaps it's a bit easier because with the playoffs, a lot of folks are out. Now, depending on your league rules, uh, you should be able to still pick up. But I know some leagues are pretty hardcore out there. So the way we do it here is we look on NFL Fantasy and we go for guys that are 50% available. And I always check after the waiver wire. So guys that are 50% available after Wednesday on NFL Fantasy. Now, looking back in the rear view mirror, I keep track of all this. As I told you before, I was doing really well. Week 12 and 11, or 12 and 13 came along. Didn't do so well, but so far this season, if you would have taken my advice, you would have the seventh best quarterback right now between Cousins and Carr. Each quarterback, of course, I pick is 50% available. So it just, you know, talks for the late round quarterback or the streaming quarterbacks. You can do very well. So I'd be seventh best as of right now. So I'm going to take that. That's take nice. that one for sure. Now, Bob, there are 19 quarterbacks on that list. I believe there was 20 last week. 19 that you got to throw out because they're 50% ownership or above. Right. Which QB, or however many you, you wrote down, but 
Pickens are getting slim. Which QB would you take that's 50% available and plug into your lineup this week? Well, um, I'm, I actually wrote down two. Uh, the first one is Carson Wentz, who's only at 20%. Again, playing the Redskins, this should be a shootout at home. Uh, he certainly plays better at home. So uh, that's that's one of them. And the other one, even though this one's not as uh, you know, excitable about it as I would be Wentz, I would probably start Wentz if I had to pick between these two. But the other one is Joe Flacco. I mean, he was the number one quarterback last week. Uh, you know, he's playing New England. You know, they're they're solid, you know, but they're not great. Um, so, you know, there could be some points. And you know that, you know, Brady's going to be heaving the ball around. So, you know, Flacco, and I think he's playing on Monday night, so he usually will do a little better in the limelight. So uh, he's only 18.1%. So those are my two. Well, I uh, also wrote down Flacco. And, you know, I like to write down a couple. We, we don't know who's going to be available out there. Right. I, I wrote down Flacco. All the things you said, I had it in my bullet points as well. Uh, one, you know, it's the second highest spread of the week. So as you said, going to be tossing it around. So if if Flacco wants to keep up with Brady, he's going to have to pass and pass early and often. Now, I looked it up in four career games versus the Patriots. He averages almost 300 yards a game, 298. And in four games, he's got seven TDs. So it's Impressive. not a bad streak. And considering what we saw last week, maybe he keeps that rolling. My official guy is going to be Cappy. He's still available, so I'm going to go with him. <laughs> but I, I wanted to throw out another guy since I'm guessing in a lot of leagues he's not there. But on NFL Fantasy, he's still 86% available, which amazes me. Now, if you toss out that one bad game, I'm feeling some trepidation out there from owners after last week. But like you said, Bob, it was a snow game. Oh, yeah. He only threw five times. At, you know, Chip and Chip Kelly's the real wild card right. in this one. I, I don't think it's Kaepernick. I don't think he's going to have the weather. And geez, since his week six return, he's got the ninth most fantasy points. He's got yeah. nearly four hundred yards rushing. That's a hundred more than Tyrod in that time. In yeah. that time, so I think he's a great call. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, Kaepernick put up four straight clutch games, which is basically my consistency ranking. Um, you know, so he's in last week, he, you know, obviously took a dump, but, you know, like you said, the weather was awful. But, yeah, he had four straight, five out of six games that he was over about 20-some points a game in a, in a standard scoring. So, yeah, he's been red hot and uh, playing home against the Jets. You know, weather's going to be much better in San Francisco, I would assume. So and, yeah, I think uh, I think he could that could be a good comeback as well. And the Jets, honestly, it, they look they, like they're they, mailing it in. A it bit. in. <laughs> yeah. So and now I, Mangold's I, out for the year, so they don't have any offensive line, so that San Francisco could get the ball a lot. Mangold's out. Didn't he just return? I just heard he, just he got was back. out for the year. <laughs> oh well, yeah, he might have just got back, but he's out for the year. I just saw that. He just got back. Forte was my call last week for one of the reasons was because Mangold just got back. Ah, right. goodness gracious, that man. Now, another thing, going for Cappy, uh, as we said, Jets are mailing it in. I got to tell you, if Josh McCown can throw for 341 yards and two touchdowns against the Jets, right. I think Colin the Gazelle Kaepernick can get something done. Yep. So, fantasy owners, you got to go with Kaepernick if he's available. I would have no qualms about plugging him in in the first week of my playoffs. Not at all. Let's stroll on over to the tight end spot. If we're going to stream tight ends, 
Now, again, going to start off looking in the rearview mirror here. As I said, I, I've fallen on hard times, Bob. Fallen on hard times since week, <laughs> uh, week 12 and 13. I was top 10 across the board except defense. Oof. It, it's yeah, been defense rough. is tough to predict. That, that's a tough one. Defense to is tough. To stream. Well, no, actually, it's very it, easy. You play every defense that's playing the Browns. Hence, <laughs> right, my pick the Bengals right. this week. But we'll get to that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, absolutely. Unfortunately, sometimes that team isn't always fifty percent available, and you got to oh, make. Oh well, the, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Make those tough calls, but yeah, the Browns, Jacksonville, as of late, uh, guys going up against those teams. That's what yeah. you're looking for. But tight end, I was top 10 until week, actually week 11 really hit me with Ladarius Green's bagel. Uh, then I've just fallen on hard times. I had a Will tie that didn't go right. At Ebron didn't go right necessarily. So I went from, I was, I think, like nine after week 10. I am now. So through 13 weeks. I believe 16th. Goodness gracious, Bob. 16th. <laughs> I can tell you, I wish we could fire up the flex capacitor and go back to week 10. Uh, everything was roses and daisies. <laughs> yeah, roses and daisies. Who are you taking? I got a bunch written down, but of course oh, I, I got to go with I have, an official. I have a bunch. Oh, man. I um, do, too. What, who do you well, got? Toss out some names. Well, let me throw out some guys that are gonna. I'm going to tie into the consistency factor. So... Uh, one of my first guys, this guy has actually seven clutch games for the year. He is tied with Greg Olson and Delaney Walker for clutch games, which is basically a game to prove your consistency. All right. He's available. He's, he's only in 20 point, oh, one, yeah, 20.1%. And his name is Vernon Davis for the Washington Redskins. And we're looking at another week with possibly no Jordan Reed. And Vernon Davis is, is just putting up. Consistent games like there's no tomorrow. Uh, like I said, he's got seven for the year. The best tight end this year only has eight, which is Jimmy Graham, Kelsey, uh, and Jordan Reed when he plays, and Kyle Rudolph. Um, so I, uh, he's a guy that definitely be on my list. Uh, another one is Dennis. You, real real quick, ahead. before you get to that other one, uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I want to hear more about the how you define clutch, we've got something we call a top positional week. So that's how many times they've finished in standard scoring. We're doing it this year. How many okay. times they finished as a top 12 player, Vernon Davis, 42% he's finished in the top 12. So what do you define as clutch? Well, basically it, it, it's a uh, calculated system on my website. It's called the consistency report. And you can okay. go in there and you put in your scoring method and the number of teams in your league, and basically what it does is it calculates a what's called a clutch factor, and that factor is basically at a point where if a uh, quarterback or tight end earns over that every week, they should be in the top 12 quarterbacks or tight ends. Now, sometimes it's a little more, sometimes it's a little less, but on average, there's usually 12 quarterbacks and tight ends and then 24 running backs and 36 wide receivers so for tight ends this year the clutch factor uh, in a ppr format is about 9.6 um, so you know it's a little bit higher than it normally is it used to be around around eight eight and a half but tight ends are up this year there's a lot more scoring in depth wise you know that um, there's not the Gronkowski that's running away with it but there's a lot of good quality scoring that's being done so it's keeping that a little bit higher which is why the uh, clutch games are down a little bit but that's how it's factored into it um, and so 
But like I said, but it's, it depends on your league. If you're in a deep league, 14 teams, the factor is going to be a little bit lower for position players because there's you know more teams to choose from. So a uh, 10-team league would be a little higher. So it adjusts for that on the website. All right. I, I like it. And it matches up kind of with our top positional. Yeah, it kind league. of sounds similar to it, yeah. Sounds very similar, and yours is a little bit predictive. Ours is more, uh, I guess, you know, looking back at, as to what has happened. I, I like the prediction factor, and that you can adjust it as well. And that's at Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Big Guy Fantasy Sports dot com. Yep. All right, man. I, I like it. Pyromaniacs. There's a, a tip for you to get you into the championship. Big Guy's Fantasy Sports. You got Vernon. Toss out another name or so. Another guy who was number one last week in total points, for, or at least for weekly points, was Dennis Pitta. And he's only at 12.4% earned. Uh, you know, again, as we spoke earlier, Flacco's going to be throwing the ball around. Pitta's healthy again. Uh, that's his favorite target right now outside of uh, Steve Smith. So I see Pitta getting the ball a lot again this week. And I'm surprised he's only at 12.4%. I thought... You know, there'd be a lot more waiver wire pickups for him for people maybe hurting for a tight end this week. Yeah, uh, after last week, positive regression finally hit for Pitta. Uh, that, that was great. Good good for him. I, I like the old man Pitta. I wrote down quite a few. I got Vance McDonald. I like him with Kaepernick. I, I think they're going to have a bounce back game. 93% available on Fantasy. As I said, you got to toss out those top 15. Uh, they are over 50% owned. With Vance, Cappy only has eyes for him. It's like a love song. Uh, he does seem to go to him often or when he gets in trouble. Now, Vance, one of only nine tight ends that have made up at least 20% of their team's target share in the last two weeks. So that just speaks to how much Kaepernick is really looking at him. I also like Hunter Henry. 82% available, only seven tight ends produce more fantasy points per route run. Now, of those seven tight ends, only two are available in 50% of leagues. And of those two, none have as nice of a matchup as Hunter Henry, who faces Carolina. When you adjust for schedule, Carolina ranks dead last against standard tight ends. They rank 30th in PPR formats. The the only downside I've got really with Henry is Gates is on his team and mm-hmm. Gates is he's the poster boy he is literally the image for this episode he is my, one of my DFS picks at tight end talk about him later not that you should really fear starting Henry if you have Gates I just think in the next couple of weeks one of these games is really going to be the Gates game to put him over the top. Don't know when that's going to happen. Henry's been very viable with Gates, so I still like the play there. Uh, that leaves me with two, and I'm going to actually pick two this week. But did you say you had a few extra guys you wanted to toss out? I have one more I want to toss out, and I want to talk about him because he's actually had three straight clutch games, which is his th- first three of the year. Even though he's played all season, all of a sudden... There's a love affair between Jermaine Gresham and Carson Palmer, and he's only owned by 3% of the teams. Um, and he's and he's been red hot lately. And this week, he got another nice matchup. Um, so I, I, I have I circled Jermaine Gresham. I was surprised he was only at 3%. Yeah, with Gresham, you know, the only thing that scares me there, I saw that too, and I was going to talk about him, but it's like recently Bruce Arians woke up and realized – not only does he have a tight end, but there is a 
tight end position that can go out for passes. <laughs> Arians, Arians just never really utilized that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what the change is, if it's the lack of wide receiver production. My goodness, I had those guys preseason rankings. I think I had three Cardinals in my top 40 for sure. And they've been something of a disappointment. So I like that as a sneaky call for sure. Bob, let me let me get personal with you. If you're in your fantasy playoffs, week mm-hmm. 14, are you going to be able to pull the pull the trigger on the Arizona Cardinals tight end? Yeah, plug I, 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 I mean, unless I had you know a a you know higher guy, but let's say I had like Jordan Reed, and he may not play this week, and Vernon Davis is taken, I'd pick up Gresham in a heartbeat and start him. Absolutely. Yeah, he is. He's definitely out there on waivers. I would be willing to bet. Yeah. I got two I'm going to go with because I just couldn't decide. Cameron Brait, he's only 65% available. Now, I like him more if indeed Humphreys, who's still in concussion protocol, if he's out, I really like Brait. So one, you know, keep your eyes posted to the Pyromaniac News feeds, uh, Twitter. Uh, we'll, we'll tweet that out. Now, not only is Humphreys likely out, but uh, Stoker, their tight end number two, he should be out this week. Braid has 25% of the team touchdown share this season. Yeah. 25%. So one-fourth touchdowns going to Braid. Home to New Orleans, highest scoring game of the week. As I said, I misread that at the beginning. Tampa, 27 points for the implied total. More so than Detroit, more so than the Patriots. Highest implied total of the week. Now, in the last five weeks, Brait's got three TDs in that same span of time. He is fourth in tight end receptions. So, I like me some Brait. You can't go wrong, and Jameis Winston likes him some Brait, too. Absolutely agree with that one. I had actually I had him written down, but I went with Gresham just because he was only three percent. Oh, I love it! And the more names that we can legitimately throw out, the, the better, because everybody's you know needing something now. Yeah. This is go time, and everybody's league is different. Yeah. My other call, Mr. Fedorowitz, ninety percent available on NFL Fantasy. Only six tight ends are receiving a larger share of the team's targets in the last two weeks. Now, since week four. This man is getting the sixth most fantasy points at the position. Faces the Colts this week. They're kind of notorious for giving it up to the tight end. Looking at our own points, uh, positional points against, that's Pyro's positional points against chart. The Colts are giving up the fourth most fantasy goo, fourth most fantasy points to tight end ones. Tight end ones, indeed, which Fedorowicz is. Uh, on average, in fact, they're tied for giving up the third most receptions to tight end ones. In fact, again, to tight end ones, there's no other defense allowing more yards per game. So I think Fedorowicz against this team is a really nice play. The man's had 30 targets since week nine and nary a touchdown. So I'm calling positive regression. I think <laughs> he scores. I think he scores this week. So I'm going Fedorowicz and Brait as my official calls. Cool. Let's talk the streaming defense. As I said, uh, not doing super hot, but a tight end. I've been plummeting the last three weeks. Tied for 12th best uh, fantasy defense. I've always kind of been hovering right just outside the top 10. Uh, tied for 12th. Now, remember, uh, way back when we were talking tight ends, I, I named a few, right? There's not that many to pick, 
this week. There's just not. So mm. how many tight ends, or I'm sorry, uh, how many defenses did you list, and who's your who's your big call this well, week? Well, I would have loved to pick the Bengals, and since they were below 50% until they yeah. went up 14.3% <laughs> this week because they're playing the Browns, um, so I guess I have to take them out. Uh, but the two I like, one is the Detroit Lions. Even though they've yeah, changed, they increased by 10%, they're still only 14.5% owned, yeah. which is amazing to me, uh, p- especially playing Chicago, who's just, you know, terrible. Um, and then right behind that, the Atlanta Falcons at only 9.2%, playing the Rams with a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, they have a lot of speed in that defense. Uh, they're going to be bringing it. Todd Gurley doesn't is you know they're basically putting nine in a box, stopping Gurley, and they're going to force Jared Goff to beat him, and that's going to cause a lot of problems for him. And if the Falcons can j- jump off to a quick lead, which will give Goff even more reason to have to go back and pass, that could get real ugly. Great minds think alike. I've got two written down. Those are the two you mentioned. Uh, Falcons, real quick. Now I know generally uh, Falcons. You know, you want to start your quarterback against the Falcons, but I tell you, Goff, he's a rookie. He's still a rookie. Right, he's still Uh, very young. Very young kid. He's looked okay. He honestly looked better than I thought. Three interceptions in the last two games. In the three games he started, 62% completion is his ceiling. He's only broken 200 passing yards once. They rank 30th in rushing yards per game. They rank 29th in passing. Roto-Wire ranks their offensive line 28th. 31 sacks allowed, which gives them 25th ranking. So lots of stats working against them. And as you say, the main thing I think here is going to be the game script. Atlanta gets up early, going to force them to pass. That's just opportunity for defense. That's opportunity for sacks, fumbles. Uh, strips, uh, getting hit, and then, of course, interceptions. I think Atlanta's a sneaky good play. Then the Lions are my official play. I got them in bold, as you say, facing the Bears. Plus, the Lions might be getting back. Ezekiel Ansah, it, it's questionable, might be getting him back. And it looks, honestly, it looks like DeAndre Levy could return this week. Both are indeed questionable. Uh, Levy's been getting in some limited practice, though. So I like that. I really think Levy's got a good shot of returning. He's a fantastic backer. Long, we know, the Bears' uh, probably best offensive lineman. He's out for the season, been out a while. They just lack weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still another Jeffrey-less week. Besides Jordan Howard, who do they have? Zach yeah. Miller's gone. <laughs> They've got no one. People were talking about Wilson last week. He did nothing. Um, there's some guys that, you know, they're okay, but nobody's going to lead the team. And I think the Lions can really shut down Jordan Howard. They're, the Lions are stout against the run, only allowing mm-hmm. two rushing TDs all season. I think that's going to put the onus on Barkley, and I don't think he's going to shoulder that load. Yeah. Let me throw out another one that I just happened to notice as I, as you were talking. Uh, the Titans at home against Denver, they're only at 6.2% Ooh, owned. Good one. Um, you know, Simeon may or may not be playing quarterback, and if he is, he's terrible. Peyton Lynch is terrible, uh, and their running backs are all hurt. So where's the offense going to come from? So my thought is, again, the Titans are probably going to run the ball a lot to keep, you know, keep the defense on the field, wear them down. Mariota can run around enough to, to keep the, the pass rush at bay. But I think the Titans at home could could be a really nice sneaky start uh, if, if, you, if they're out there, which I assume, obviously, according to this, 94% or 93.8% um, are available. So uh, that could be a sneaky one as well. 
I like that call. They're hurting at running back, as we've seen from uh, their pickups this week. I'll be talking a little four yeah. sets soon. Yeah. But certainly it's the quarterback that I think they could capitalize on. So I like that call. That's a good one. Before we get to the pick and flick, which is essentially still streaming, but we're talking wide receivers and running backs, let's pause for uh, paying the bills, certainly, and then trivia number two. Now, we love the beasts. That is, the guys that huff it down the field after the catch. They just won't go down. I'm talking about the go-getters, the bruisers, the ballers. That's right. We're talking yak, receiving yards after the catch. Now, according to Sporting Charts, which wide receiver has the most yards after the catch in 2016? I want you to think about that. Hang with us. We will be right back on episode 56 of the Pyro Light Podcast. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs, as I uh, talk about often. Playing DFS. Now, we know you love playing fantasy, and we know you like playing DFS because you're turning into the show. Well, I'm here to tell you about Draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts, just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season-long leagues. You can do drafts whenever you want. They last for just one day, and they only take a few minutes. On Draft, you can play for free or better yet, you can play for coin. And get this, your chances of winning on Draft are over 200% better than the major DFS sites. I've been using Draft now for a couple of weeks. I just uh, cashed in on the Monday-Thursday slate just did one earlier after I got done with my notes. I was able to pair David Johnson, and I even got Mike Evans. Very small draft, but I like my my chances in that one. Uh, Saints, you know, they're going to be good too. I, I did a second one and was able to take uh, a couple of Saints players there. So just you get the guys you want, which make it even more fun. So join me over on Draft, and when you download it, be sure to enter the promo code Pyro. That's P-Y-R-O. To download Draft, just search Draft at the App Store. It's the first one that comes up, or you can go to PlayDraft.com. Remember to enter the promo code Pyro when you download, so you get 100% of your deposit bonus. Make sure you download Draft, and we will see you there. All right. As I said before the break, we're talking yards after the catch. Which wide receiver is leading all other pass catchers in this category? What do you think, Bob? My obvious choice is Antonio Brown, but I'll assume it's not the answer. So I will go with Taylor Gabriel. It's a man after my own heart because not only is he a lion, he went to Notre Dame. Golden Tate currently has five 508 more than any other wide receiver. Now you mentioned Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell actually leads all players mm. with five. 568, followed by David Johnson, 552. But Golden Tate leads oh. all wide receivers, yards after the catch. He's he's notorious for this. Last year, he was fifth amongst wide receivers, yards after the catch. 2014, he was first with yards after the huh. catch. So he's a tough, he's a yeah. tough guy. He gets it done. Uh, I and of course, I've seen him play. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. I remember him playing. I get to see him all the time, and it's, it's one of the things I love about him. He, he does have some heart, uh, real tough, tough kind of mentality. Yeah. 
All right. We were talking streaming, and now we're basically talking the same thing, but we're moving to something we call pick and flick. So, guys, that's running backs, wide receivers. You can pick up off the waiver wire and flick right into your lineup. Talking running backs first. Now, with the running back position, looking in the rear <coughs> view mirror, through 13 weeks, I'm at 188.3. We use FF Today, Pyro. PPR scoring, so basically standard PPR, and I am at 8th best. So if you would take my advice on running backs that are 50% available at the time, you would have the 8th best running back as of right now. Now, before I get into the picks, just a few suggestions. Uh, a lay of the ground, so to speak, a lay of the, the waiver wire land, I suppose. Now, on NFL Fantasy League, you got 46 running backs that are 50% owned. So that's, you know, we're, we're tossing those guys out. Some guys I think might be able to help you in the playoffs, possibly Shane Vereen. He might. I haven't seen the the reports lately, but there's talk of him getting healthy, at least for the playoffs, and returning. I've heard talk of Week 14 return. I haven't seen any news reports on it. Same thing with AP. There's talk about him possibly returning as long as the Vikings have a viable shot at getting the playoffs. Not sure when it's going to be, not sure how much he's going to help, but those are guys that I would have on my antenna. Even if you don't pick them up for your team, Maybe as sort of a, a cop blocker to somebody who might need a running back that you're going to play in the playoffs. That could be a pretty sneaky move. And Denver, man, uh, after sending Capri, I wear toddler bibs to IR. Joining Broncos back CJ Anderson and Andy Janovich, uh, they're just hurting. So they went out and grabbed Justin Forsett to aid a fledgling, let's say, Devonta Booker. Now, Kubiak, I got a quote here. Picking up players is one thing, but picking up a guy who can come in, get in your huddle today and run plays and pick up blitzes, that usually doesn't happen. Now, if you remember 2014, I was wearing my I Heart Justin Forsett underwear. I, I really liked him. I was even talking him up a little bit last year. Uh, 2014 Pro Bowl season, yeah. 1266, 1,266 yards, eight TDs. That was under... Gary Wayne Kubiak. They're reunited again. What Now, I don't know if I would trust the opening playoffs to Forsett. Of course, I'm saying in hindsight is 2020. I started Spencer Ware Thursday night, who got me 6.8 points. I would almost <laughs> rather bet on Forsett than start Ware. What was I thinking? Uh, what, what, are you, what are your feelings on Denver rolling here? Do we believe Kubiak that he's going to get a fair share of the action? Or is that coach speak trying to put up a bit of a veil? Uh, not let, you know, not let the opponent... I, I'll probably lean trip. towards the coach speak. Um, yes, I mean, it's good that Forsett knows it. But, you know, I think Booker is a is a good running back, but he's probably not good at blocking and all the things that are important, uh, especially for a young quarterback in the backfield. Um, I think, you know, you'll see Forsett on the field. I can't imagine he's going to do even better than the six points or whatever that Ware got. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, two weeks from now in your finals, and if he's got, you know, two games under his belt, yeah, if you're desperate, uh, you could do a lot worse. That's it, that's for sure. I, I would say if he's out there, which is surprising, he's 51% owned um, in in NFL fantasy. Probably because most people picked him up and just forgot to drop him or didn't you know bother <laughs> right. with it. Um, but uh, you know, again, you never know. There's always those people that you know come out of nowhere. I mean, Kirk Cousins last year 
won me a number of leagues in, in yeah, playoffs. So, you know, that somebody can come out of nowhere and do something. Forsett certainly has the talent and is in the right system for it. You know, again, I don't expect much this week, uh, especially playing at Tennessee. But, you yeah. know, down the road here in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, he may be worth picking up and, and, and starting in your finals. Who knows? I like that call down the road. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for him. So take this with a grain of salt, but I, I do think he, he has had chemistry with Kubiak. Not this week, like you say, Tennessee football outsiders. I think they got a number two power ranking, uh, so basically stopping you at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Not that Forsett is much of a power back. but Right, right, right. With, but, he does, but he does good do a good job out of the backfield, and that's where he, he may does. benefit in a PPR league. Catching the ball out of the backfield does well. Doesn't really get a whole bunch of yards once he catches the ball, but he's right. he's a he's effective. Right. And I like uh, maybe keeping an eye on him for down the line. That's a good call. All right, I, I've ranted. I've got really, and this is a tough week for running backs. I, I've it got is. two. There is a I've lot got, out there. I, I have to I agree with you. There's not, and I've got two, and they're kind of contingent on the other guys on their team. Who do you like at? running back, a guy that you'd pick up and, and plug in into fantasy playoffs week one? Uh, well, luckily he just sneaks under the 50% mark at 46.8, uh, and that's Darren Sproles. Uh, Darren yeah, Sproles yeah. this week again. That, that Redskins-Eagles game is going to be a shootout. They're going to need Sproles uh, at, you know, a lot coming out of the backfield, catching passes, trying to score touchdowns, get down the field. Um, so I can see them relying on Sproles a lot. Uh, the second guy I had at 32.9% owned is uh, Jarrett McKinnon from Minnesota. They're playing the Jaguars, um, and, you know, obviously Jaguars' defense is terrible. And uh, so I really like him this week. He had a nice week last week. I think he had about 14, 15 points in a PPR format. Um, so I think he could be a, a good good plug-and-play this week as well. It's interesting the names you call there. I've actually got McKinnon in an early DFS lineup I just set, so I was able to spend up and grab a David Johnson. Sproles, I got him written down. Now, on one hand, it's looking like DGB is going to be out bumping up Nelson Aguilar, so they might need a, a better pass catcher perhaps. Nelson Aguilar, he's been a healthy scratch sometimes this year. Mm -hmm. However, you got Ryan Matthews back, so... Oh, is he back this week? Oh, okay. He, I wasn't aware of that. But he's looking to be back this week. So I I'm torn. I mean, keep your eyes open with Ryan Matthews, and my God, you never know. Ryan Matthews could out for one play and yeah. he, boom, he's hurt and Sproles right. could light it up. Fall down the steps. So, yeah. It, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and with the fact that Aguilar is there, I really think they would utilize Sproles even with Orion Matthews. Right. Well, they split him out a lot in that offense anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. so I think even with Ryan Matthews there, I still think Sproles is viable. I've got him written down. I also have written down Hightower facing the Bucks, 64% uh, available, facing the Bucks, who actually give up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing running back twos. Unfortunately, I think he is indeed going to be the two because I saw Ingram uh, back at practice today, I believe. Mm, okay. uh, I saw it was on Sleeper Bot, so I, yeah, I got okay. a qu quick blurb as we were sitting down to record. Now it's one you got to keep your eye on. You never know what's going to happen. He could come out in warmups, but certainly if Ingram's not there, man, you got a winner with Hightower. Even if Ingram is there, the mm -hmm. problem is it's such a discrepancy. He can boom and he can bust, right. and 
never the Twix shall meet. You never know what it's going to be. But against the Bucks, who actually give up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing running back twos, as I said, if he is running back two, if he's not, I still like it. Their nose tackle, Gerald McCoy, has not practiced yet this week. I think New Orleans, they need that bounce back game after dropping one to the Lions on their home turf last week. I really think he could be a good play, even with Ingram. Same thing as I think Sproles could be a good play, even with Ryan Matthews. So here's how I'm going to navigate this, sir. It's going to be tricky, but I'm going to say Hightower, if indeed Ingram is out. Otherwise, I'm going to go Sproles. Uh, Again, folks check out pyromaniac we've got the news feeds coming and of course we'll we'll tweet out that information too but sprawls if indeed ingram is going then i'm gonna roll sprawls all right make my little note okay now we're gonna move over to the wide receiver spot looking in the rear view wide receiver i am right now would be 13th wide receiver number 13 had a couple of rough weeks, as I said, but still not bad for the wide receivers since so many are often gone. I want to say it was about 51, I think, that were gone. Now, 52, excuse me, I wrote it down, 52. So I got a couple guys named. I got two officials. Who are you looking at there, uh, Bob? I have seven. Whoa, <laughs> I like it, man. This is perfect for guys who... Uh, are in all kinds of leagues. All right, the so more I'm, I'm really going to bust out the uh, consistency information, especially guys who've been red hot lately. So, uh, first guy that has earned four straight clutch games in a row, Adam Thielen at only 3.8% owned. I like um, Ted Ginn. Um, actually, I don't. Even, I don't even have Ted Ginn written down. I know you. I think you do. So I'll, I'll go. To, I'll let you do him. But he's earned three straight. Uh, another three straight clutch games. Malcolm Mitchell at only 14.2% owned. Um, Taylor Gabriel, who, who I'm surprised is still at only 17.2% owned, um, especially as well as he's played over the last few weeks. Um, th- that kid has been on fire. He's had like four out of five clutch games. Um, so um, I definitely love him. This guy's at 50.4%. He's just over, but I'm still stunned because he is actually tied for second as the second most consistent wide receiver. He is tied with Antonio Brown and Larry Fitzgerald, and that is Jamison Crowder. He has earned 10 out of uh, 12 games, 83% consistent in my system, and yet he's still only 50% owned. I was stunned by that. Um, other guys, Tyler Boyd, uh, again, playing Cleveland, only 5.1%. Uh, Anquan Bolden at only 14.9%. We already talked about him earlier. And then my last guy, uh, Richard Matthews at 48.7%. Uh, Richard Matthews is also, uh, it has been one of the, uh, better, most consi- more consistent players this year. I'm trying to find his numbers and I just kind of lost him on my sheet. Uh, he's got seven and he's earned uh, six of five of those in the last six games uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Now, granted he is playing Denver. So I maybe sc- scale back the enthusiasm a little bit on him, but those are my boys that I all, all like this week as potential players and starters. I love a lot of those names. Uh, in fact, I've got many of them written down. 
You named quite a few, and I was really surprised that Crowder, I didn't even look at him. I've got him as a DFS pick. I didn't even notice that he was available. So I think that's a great call because Crowder, I think, could have a great game. He has a fantastic matchup uh, that we'll talk a little bit about later. Now, the guys I've got written down, Brandon Coleman, not my official, but I wanted to throw out an extra name, and I really like this just if Michael Thomas does not go. I didn't see the Friday practice report for New Orleans, but he, Michael Thomas, was unable to practice Wednesday and Thursday. So if indeed Michael Thomas is out, I think Brandon Coleman is going to get a big kick up, get a big slice of the pie. So keep your eyes on that one. Again, news feeds come Sunday morning. That's what I'm doing several hours before kickoff, getting out those pyro news feeds as quick as I can along with a few new guys we are bringing into the mix, including the Heartbeat, doing them with me as well. Thank you, sir. Been a welcome addition to the Pyro crew. Now, my two official guys, Malcolm Mitchell, whom you've named, Amendola, high ankle sprain. Reports are he's going to be out certainly uh, this week, but possibly the rest of the regular season. So we'll have to see. Malcolm Mitchell's been doing great lately, and now with the Amendola news, can only do batter gonna score a lot of points as they often do now the other guy taylor gabriel you mentioned him julio which concerns me Mm -hmm. could be out because he one he's on my team for my league of record this is just what i don't need not to complain and own you know listeners love it (laughs) when i talk about my league but last year in the championship i'm obj less because of the little spat he had with Mm -hmm. norman the week before and now I might be out Julio. So I just, the fantasy gods, they need to be with me. So I'm hoping Julio can, <laughs> hoping Julio can go. And then you got the quandary. Is, is he a decoy or not? Right. Either, either way, I think Taylor Gabriel yeah. is a great play. Yep. Last five weeks, he, Gabriel, three touchdown to Julio's one. Atlanta has nearly 26 expected points to be scored. And Gabriel, he plays on the right side just over 50% of the time. That means he should see LA's corner, Mr. EJ Gaines, of the 96 starting corners in the NFL. This week, there's only two that give up more fantasy points per route run than EJ Gaines. That's the guy on Gabriel. So I am all over Gabriel. He's my official call, as is Malcolm Mitchell. I'm officially going with both of those uh, for the record. We've got to turn our attention now on over to DFS. That is the Daily Fantasy Sports. Now, again, I chart this, but I do it a little bit different. You could trot out top of the line all the time and then just add up your points and say, I'm doing really well. Look at how many points I'm scoring not exactly fair so i primarily play DraftKings. on DraftKings, you want to score about 3x value that means if you get 150 points that means you score for every thousand dollars you spend you want to score three points so a guy that's worth three thousand you want to get nine points you want 3x value that means your whole team should get about 150 points if you get 150 you're going to win your cash probably and you're probably in it for gpp gpp if you want to take home a big one you probably got to shoot more 4x but 3x is sort of the industry cutoff point that's what people talk about so that's what i used 
And if you go season long on my quarterback picks, sometimes I pick more than one officially, but if you go season long and add it all up, I'm at 3.27x. I had a run earlier where nine quarterback calls in a row got me over 3x value. So I've been doing all right with DFS QBs. But I tell you, I don't know who to choose this week. I've got a ton. I've got officially maybe five. Three, five. And uh, let, I'm going to start off with two, and then I'll kick it to you, and I'll, I'll back clean up there. I got two. They're they're priced so close together. Normally, I don't try to pick guys that are priced this close. But I think if you are teaming them, stacking them up, it, it's going to depend on who you're stacking them up with. So, Rivers, I'm going to talk some San Diego receivers in a bit. And if you're starting those San Diego receivers, I think, or the tight end, I think you got to go Rivers, 8,000 on FanDuel, 6,600 DraftKings. Now he's on the road. I don't like that, but he's facing Carolina. Looking at Pyro's positional points against chart, Carolina allows the most yards per game to quarterback ones. Not just the whole quarterback position. I'm talking quarterback ones. So when the starting guys are out there against quarterback ones, they're giving up the most yards per game. Now, I think Gates, I'm going to talk about this. I think he's going to have a multi-TD game, a coming. Rivers is going to get in on that. You've also got Terrell Williams and Dontrell Inman bringing these guys up later. They have superior matchups as well. Only one quarterback has more red zone attempts on the season than Mr. Rivers. I think he's a great play. If you're starting Charger wide receivers... If you're starting, you know, Mike Evans, then I think you got to go with Winston. He's only $100 more on DraftKings and $200 more on FanDuel. Winston's at home. That's a big one for me. I like the home dog, or I like the home players. Facing New Orleans. Now, according, again, to our positional points against chart, Saints are giving up the second most yards to opposing quarterback ones. Winston, he's been a monster. Something of the tale of two quarterbacks. He, he goes on his week six bye. And comes back, and he's just a wonderkin. He's fantasy's sixth best quarterback since he returned from bye. Week six, so week seven and on. In fact, only three quarterbacks have more passing touchdowns in that time. So, Winston Rivers, basically the same price, super close, and it just depends on your construction. If you're going GPP and you want to stack, give me one or the other. Who do you like at the quarterback spot, sir? Well, I, I'm going to stay with the guy that I've talked about basically all evening, and that's Kirk Cousins at only $7,600. Again, playing the Eagles, um, you know, puts up big numbers. Um, in fact, this year against an average defense, he's 3-for-3 three three in clutch games, averaging 30.47 fantasy points in those three games. Um, so I really like him this week, and that's uh, almost four times X. Uh, so that's almost 4X, so... I like yeah. him. I've got him written down as well. He's on uh, DraftKings just 6,300. One of the major reasons I like him, the Eagles cornerbacks. They got a pair of puppies there, uh, McKelvin and Jenkins. McKelvin Jenkins. I talked a little bit earlier about a cornerback giving up the third most fantasy points per route run. That was Mr. EJ Gaines. Well, who's giving up? One and two, you ask. Well, they happen to be on the same team, and that team is the Eagles. Nice. Keotis McAlvin and Malcolm Jenkins. So that's who Cousins is going to see in the back, or in the uh, secondary when he drops back. Now, at 6,300 on DraftKings, 
you're talking yeah, 19 points for his 3x value. I tell you right. what, he has surpassed 18 points 10 different times this season on DraftKings. Right. So his floor is 3x value on DraftKings. You can't go wrong with Cousins. I think he's a great cash play because of the certainty. He's got a great floor. I also like... Going down from there, a couple hundred less. I like Dalton. Now, if you need, if you if you start with Cousins, and if you need, I'm, I'm this close to getting a David Johnson or something, you can save a couple hundred bucks. Coming off a fantastic game, 332-2 and two is Dalton. He's facing Cleveland, as we know. Start, start your guys against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Right. In their week seven meeting, 308 yards, two touchdowns. Looking at Pyro's positional points against, and this breaks it down. I love what Lytics has done. Again, it breaks it down by wide receiver one, wide receiver two, running back one, and so forth. So against quarterback ones, not just the the guys he's throwing at the end of the game, against quarterback ones, Cleveland is giving up the most fantasy points. They allow the most touchdowns to quarterback ones as well. They're giving up the fourth most Fancy football points to wide receiver ones. The Browns are the most fancy football points to wide receiver twos. And it just goes on from there. They're the Browns. So, yeah, I like Dalton in this game. Going way down from there, Eli Manning. Now, here's the thing. He's just as much as Dalton on FanDuel. So, FanDuel, I definitely like Dalton. On DraftKings, Eli Manning is $600 less than Dalton. Wow. Now, this this is a GPP play. So I want to play it in a tournament because, Eli, you're, you're never guaranteed a floor. In cash, you're playing fewer opponents. I mean, heck, you could go head-to-head and you're playing one. That means you got to beat 50% of the field. GPP in the tournament plays, you're playing, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of guys. Then you're, you're shooting for the moon. You want to hit it out of the park. So Manning, I'm trying to hit it out of the park because I don't always trust him. But boy, you can trust him as of late. As I said, super cheap on DraftKings. In fact, this is his cheapest DraftKings price all year. Even though, even though he has been doing incredibly well, leads all quarterbacks in the last five weeks with 14 touchdowns. Takes, yeah, I think you got to take advantage of this price drop just because he's on fire lately. Like I said, 14 TDs in five weeks. Heck, 81% of their red zone touch, touchdowns comes via the pass. Facing the Cowboys, they're allowing the most completions per game to quarterback ones. Cowboys are allowing the fourth most passing yards to quarterback ones. And they got two down linemen that are questionable. Demarcus Lawrence, he got in a partial practice Wednesday but then he's been unable to go. I always like that because that's not boating well. The other Crawford, he got in a partial practice today. But either way, I'm betting they're going to be down one D lineman. They've got two, I'm sorry, one uh, safety that is already ruled out. Their strong safety, Wilcox, he's ruled out for the game. So they're short a couple guys. And like I say, Eli has just been on fire lately. He needs slightly over 16 points to achieve 3x value on DraftKings. Now, on DraftKings, he's hit that numerous times. In fact, he's hit 4x value uh, on DraftKings several times. He should be able to surpass 19 points because, man, he's done it five times already this season. And he only needs 16 to get... Uh, to his 3x value, I like Manning at a super cheap price. It's going to allow you to pay up for Bell, 
and DJ and some of those other really high-end running backs. Again, GPP play. There's no way I'm trusting him to cash, but, man, Manning is a great DraftKings tournament play this week. Yeah, definitely. All right, sir. We are going to running back, and then I'll get in another trivia question here. Looking in the rear view again, I'm shooting for that 3x value. I'm at 3.35 with my running back picks. I might have forgot to actually do this. Going back to uh, quarterback, my official one this week, I, I love the Winst- the Cousins and the Winston. I like the Rivers, too. Goodness gracious. <laughs> um, I almost want to call Winston and... Cousins. You know what? I'm just going to roll Winston. I get to start one quarterback, but, you know, with my dilemma, pyromaniacs and listeners, I like to have several quarterbacks. I will play several across all my uh, tournaments. I only play one cash lineup, but in GPP, I'll play several. So that's why I write down several Winston 6700, Cousins 6300. If I need that extra $400, I'll drop down to Cousins, but I'm going to call Winston as my official pick and hopefully murphy's law doesn't strike me and it will be cousins but i'm going winston official moving over to running back as i said so far 3.35 x value lots to choose from who do you like at the running back spot well the two that i uh well there's two that i like that are uh, a little bit higher priced than the other one but uh i like uh, theoretic at 6300 and fan um, you know, obviously going against the Bears, I have a feeling that he's going to have a field day against that defense, especially at home. Uh, and then um, I usually don't play this guy, but he's playing the Browns. So I'm going to go Jeremy Hill at $6,900. And then the kind of low ball guy, uh, I'm looking at uh, Mr. White uh, coming out of the backfield, catching a lot of balls in that uh, New England um, game against Baltimore, and he's only $4,700. Boy, I like... I certainly like Riddick and Cash. I like Hill just for that game. I think that game script, although I know you're liking Cleveland, if the game script goes the way Vegas is predicting, then Hill could very easily be running the ball. They could have positive. He'd be playing with the lead. I think Hill could get a lot of use there. Certainly David Johnson. I mean, you got you got to load up the big guns in your cash right now. GPP. I'm actually going to look to leverage off everybody that's trying to play running back. But let's just focus on cash. I want to start high-end running backs. David Johnson, goodness gracious, though, 9,800 DraftKings, 97 on FanDuel. That's really up there. At Miami, who's given up the 12th fewest DraftKings points to running back, this one could have some light rain, but really it's winds above 15 and snow that I'm looking at. DJ, he seems impervious to game script, so he's just almost always a safe play, you know, unless mm-hmm. unless Carson gets down and, you know, really needs to pass. But then he's passing to David Johnson. So, you right. know, <laughs> he's just such a safe, safe play. However, that price, it's going to really limit what you can do elsewhere. I mean, $800 down on DraftKings, 700 down on FanDuel. You got Lev Bell at right. Buffalo. Could be some inclement weather here. Expecting snow. Buffalo, giving up the 17th fewest DraftKings points to running backs. But, again, that's against all running backs. When you look at P. Pyros, positional points against running back ones, they're giving up the sixth most. And they average a touchdown per game to running back ones. They've given up multi-rushing TD games to Latavius Murray just last week. And previously this year, they gave up two to David Johnson and three to Matt Forte. 
So I think Lev Bell could certainly get it done. Uh, they are tougher against running backs uh, from out of the backfield. I think Lev Bell can he, he can get it done either way, just like DJ. Mm-hmm. I like Zeke. He's down to 8400 on DraftKings. He's going to be one of my official guys just because I love that price point. He's at the Giants. They are going to be without Jason Pierre-Paul. I, if there was ever a more patriotic player, I can't imagine, than Jason Pierre-Paul gave a couple of fingers up for this country in celebration of our 4th of July. Now, we've got uh, his backup coming in there. I believe Kerry Wynn ranks 55th against the run, according to PFF for defensive linemen. So he's certainly no Pierre Paul. Zeke faced the Giants in week one, scored a touchdown, rushed for over five yards to carry. Last week, Lev Bell, 118, caught six for 64. I like Zeke. You're saving some money there. Even down from there, you got McCoy home to Pittsburgh. He's 8,200 DraftKings, 83 FanDuel. Now, out of the top eight most expensive running backs on DraftKings, there's only two at home, McCoy and DeMarco Murray. I like McCoy a lot. Zeke and McCoy. Two of my officials. I even got one more I'm going to toss out there. Can't go wrong with McCoy. He's done it before in inclement weather. Mm-hmm. I think he can get it done again. We've seen him. Uh, unfortunately, it sticks in my crocs. I remember when he did it. I believe it was at Buffalo. I know it was at Buffalo against Detroit. So we've seen him do it. We saw Jordan Howard last week in the fluff do well. I I don't worry about it so much for the big power backs like a McCoy if he's right. playing in, in snow. Pitt's nose tackle, uh, Javon Hargrave, he hasn't practiced all this week. I think that's going to do well. Only five defenses giving up more DraftKings points to opposing running backs, and we've seen big bruisers do it against Pitt. Where, where were you on uh, Thursday, but where put up 82 yards against him earlier. Ajahi, 204 and 2. Blunt, 127 and 2. And Zeke, 114 and 2. All did it against Pitt. That's who McCoy faces. I think he can uh, join those ranks. Down from there, as I said, Murray, he's one of the, or I'm sorry, two of the eight that's at home. I like that. When you adjust, he's playing Denver, but when you adjust for D as a four for four does, Denver comes in at 21st toughest against standard backs. So not quite, not nearly as good as they are against uh, wide receivers. They give up the 10th most DraftKings points to opposing running backs. And I like the fact not only he's at home, but the man who's been getting a lot of totes. He's had a full week of rest. He had the bye week last week. He's been slowing down those last couple of games. I think that's going to do him well. I think Murray could be a nice play at 7,000 on DraftKings. I like Hyde. You're dropping way down now. 4,900 on DraftKings. Makes him, I think, a pretty safe Floor play. Nice cash play. Hyde's been getting used a lot as a a floor play. 19 looks in each of the last three games, at least 19 looks, getting over 90 all-purpose yards in that span. Jets, we already talked, they're kind of mailing it in. We could actually see San Fran get a win here. He needs over 14 or just about 14 points for 3x value. He's gone over 14 six times. So I think it's a real safe play. Ryan Matthews, I think that's a dangerous play, but he's mm-hmm. cheap. So on GPP, you're looking to get a little contrarian. You're looking to be hundreds of thousands of guys. Not many people are going to be on him. He's only 4,000. We're talking about a guy who is the starting running back in the NFL. 
4,000 on DraftKings. Eagles, 4-1 when they're at home. Again, I'm looking for a way to get David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Lev Bell, McCoy, Zeke. You know, those are the guys I want. I've, as I said, I've got several marked already. They're the high-end guys. This could be a path. Ryan Matthews could be a path to getting you there. He needs 12 points. 12 points to hit 3x value. Uh, something he's achieved three times this year. He had a big one before he went down. Hit, I think, 33 DraftKings points the week before his injury. Now, Washington, they got two starting D linemen questionable. Chris Baker's not practiced yet this week. Two starting linebackers questionable. So, Ryan Matthews could be good. I got to say, though, I, I, I might even have to start four. David Johnson, Zeke, McCoy, those are all awesome plays. They're going to be in a lot of my lineups, as is Frank Gore. Only 4,800 on DraftKings. Gore's home to Houston when you adjust for schedule. For fantasy schedule, only five teams are more favorable for opposing backs in both standard and PPR. Not only does the Colts have the second highest implied total of the week, just shy of 27 points, they have the third highest spread. So I think they could get up. I think they could give it to Gore on the ground game. Gore is another one of those guys. He gets it in the ground and gets it in the air. Uh, Houston... I really think the wheels might be starting to fall off there. And Gore, he's so reliable. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He's one of the most consistent backs of the season. Yeah. In in all but – I didn't check the the TPW, but I believe in all but four games he's got either 100 all-purpose yards and or a touchdown. So I don't know how you can't go with him. He needs 14.4 to get 3x value. He's hit that number eight times this season. Super great cash play. So I've got Gore, and then I'm going McCoy, Zeke, and David Johnson. Those are my official ones, and I like you with you called out with the Riddick, Hill, and White. Uh, I love the Riddick, and I, I like the Hill, and I hope you're right there because I think I'm starting Hill in my league of record in the playoffs, <laughs> and I need need to catch up some ground on uh, what Ware did to me. Wide receiver, got a lot of those too, unfortunately. Maybe I'll cut my list short, but wide receiver, looking in the rear view, I'm 2.36, so I need some help. Now, I should pause here to pay the bills before we talk wide receivers. Uh, Real quick, though, before we get there, just going to tease you with trivia number three. Now, through 13 weeks this season, the touchdown leader amongst quarterbacks, Drew Brees, 30 TDs. Now, for those astute listeners out there, I might have actually tipped my hand and gave this one away earlier. 13 weeks again, 30 touchdowns is the leader. Who, which gunslinger in the last five weeks has a total of 14? So again, 30 for 13, but we've got a quarterback out there in the last five weeks has put up 14. That's nearly half of the season leader, what the season leader has done in 13 weeks. So think about that, and we at the Pyro Light Podcast will be right back. All right, Pyromaniacs, thanks for staying with us. Just real quick, I want to tell you about the fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Just play whenever you want and draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same old players. 
Over $1 billion will be won this year at DraftKings.com, and the next big winner could be you. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. All new users will receive a deposit matching bonus for up to $600, and you get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com, promo code PYRO. All right, as I said, trivia question number three. There is a quarterback out there right now that has scored 14 touchdowns in the last five weeks. Who is this gunslinger? I was going to say David Carr, but I'm not sure that's it. Not Mr. Carr. Indeed, Eli Manning. 14 TDs in the last five. Get this. He's only got 22 on the year. That means in his first seven games, he tossed eight. Yeah. In his last five, he's tossed 14. Wow. Amazing. Quite quite a change. Uh, both, real quick, both Breeze and Rodgers have 12 in the last five. Marietta, 11, but it is Eli who has the 14. Hmm. Okay. We were talking DFS uh, before trivia number three, and we talked a lot of the running backs, and I want to know who you're playing at the wide receiver spot. Well, of course, Jamison Crowder at $6,400. Uh, another guy at 6400 is uh, Dante Moncrief uh, playing against playing at home. Um, and then uh, I talked about him earlier, but I'm going to throw him out again. Ted Ginn at only $4,700. Uh, that should be quite a shootout there um, in that game between the Chargers and the Panthers. Um, I could see him going deep a few times on that pass defense. Uh, and then the other one is Anquan Bolden at $5,200. Again, against the Bears, uh, he's been really kind of gelling lately with uh, Matthew Stafford. So those are my picks. I love it. Uh, I've got a lot of those myself. As I said, I want to go cash. I want to go big. GPP. I'm sorry, cash. I want to go big at running back. GPP, I want to go big at wide receiver. So you got your two big dogs. I like Mike Evans and ODB. Think I think we talked about Manning, how he is just shooting the lights out the last 14 weeks in ODB or OBJ, depending on which letter you want to use. He's been going right along for the ride. Last five weeks, as Manning has tossed for 14, he has five. So he's about a third of the scoring. In that stretch of time, there's only one wide receiver that has more targets than OBJ. Night game. Going against a division rival. Think the game script is going to call for passing. Cowboys allow over 40 DraftKings points to opposing wide receivers. Only one defense giving up more. So I think that's a great play. As I say, Mike Evans, but boy, 8,900. That That's a lot. That's real expensive. You might be able to get his production elsewhere and save some coin. That's why I like ODB, but I got a star Mike Evans. I, I'm, I'm going to go official with ODB and Mike Evans primarily because he's home and it's against New Orleans and he gets Delvin Bro, who's going to be going up against him. Pro Football Focus has 121 cornerbacks ranked. Mr. Bro comes in at 114. Mm-hmm. So you can't argue with how good Evans is and how bad Bro is. That's who is uh, he's going to face. I mean, Evans, he's just a, a machine. Uh, in Pyro's market share piece on the season, he's averaging over 30% of the team's market share and 40% of the team's touchdowns. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Earlier you talked Crowder. We, we both like Cousins. Here's what I've got. I got Two guys here. Deshaun Jackson, if you're going GPP, he's a little bit cheaper. 
Could be something of a revenge game. I mean, it's been a while, but he's playing Philly, and he played for Philly for four seasons. And he wants to play for Philly again, so why not show off your talent right in front of him? Absolutely. He's, you know, he he likes that coin. Mm-hmm. He uh, wants to get some calls in the offseason, wants to put his talents on display. Now, in their earlier meeting this season, he didn't exactly put it up there. Didn't exactly give his best concerted effort. Finished the day with nine targets, though. Uh, His second highest targeted game of the season. He's going up against, I already mentioned, McKelvin, who is... uh, McKelvin gives up a full fantasy point for every two routes run. Again, of the starting 96 cornerbacks, no other one gives up as much fantasy goo as Mr. McKelvin does. Uh, last week, Brandon LaFowl, of all people, put up 95 and a touchdown all up against uh, McKelvin the week before. Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams combined for over 200 yards and two TDs against this team. In fact, in the last five weeks, Philly has allowed the second most PPR points to opposing wide receivers. If Cousins doesn't like Jackson, then I do like Crowder, and I like Crowder in cash. Washington is indeed on the road, but boy, Crowder. Plays the slot, so that means you're going to get Malcolm Jenkins. As I said, McKelvin's giving up the most. Malcolm Jenkins giving up the second most. So that's who Cousins is looking at. Crowder is a nice cash play. The man is averaging over 19 DraftKings points in his last six games. So that means his six-week average is close to three full points above 3x value. He's a fantastic play. Both are a fantastic play. San Diego. I I like these guys. Terrell Williams, he's been on a tear lately, but indeed, 1,300 more than Inman on DraftKings. So you can save a little bit by turning down to Inman. Last five weeks, Inman has just seven less targets than T. Will. Only two less catches in that span and only 40 less yards. So for 1300 I think it's a heck of a deal. Inman has a much nicer matchup, by the way. Uh, Carolina slot corner Leonard Johnson ranks 117 on Pro Football Focus. Uh, we talked already Taylor Gabriel. I'm going to bring him up again because he's only 4300 on DraftKings, 54 on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. 14.9 is his 3x value, a score he has eclipsed, eclipsed in four of the last five weeks he hit 4x value in two of those so i think taylor gabriel is a great play i mean the man hit 26 DraftKings points just two weeks ago again i already said ej Gaines. uh he's right up there giving up 0.43 fantasy points again the only two people giving up more fantasy goo are the guys that are on philly so i'm targeting those really bad corners one other one to mention Gin, he's you mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans and OBJ are my officials, as is Gin. Now, I know when I mention Gin, people get a little queasy, but he could be cash or GPP. Wow. Just just nine less catches than Benjamin all year. Since week six, he's been targeted fewer than six times, only once. So in, since week six, he's had at least six targets in every game, except one game. At 4,000, 16x represents 4x value. He's reached 15 points in each of the last three weeks. 
Carolina home to San Diego. Vegas has this pegged as the second highest scoring. Again, he's getting 19% of the team's passing yards and the same percentage of their touchdown share. He actually has 10 rushing attempts on the season. So he's just getting you points from everywhere. Finally, he's going up against Casey Hayward. Uh, or I'm sorry, Casey Hayward, the good one, should be on Kelvin Benjamin. That leaves Trevor Williams on Ginn. Williams ranks 93 out of 121 graded corners. So my official, Ginn, Evans, and OBJ. Tight end spot. Going to make this one quick and easy. I only have two. Tight end. Uh, I am 3.28x on the season. I got two. I already kind of mentioned one. But who do you like at the tight end spot for DFS? I have Dennis Pitta and uh, at $4,900 in FanDuel and Vernon Davis at $4,800, obviously pending Jordan Reed not playing. We, you talked a little bit about those guys earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I like those. And again, pending Jordan Reed. Now, I like Ertz, 4900 on DraftKings, 58 on FanDuel. Ertz, he's been, a, he's been a monster lately. Yeah, he has uh, been. Jeez. You know what? Every year he seems to be doing it back into the season. Last seven weeks, he's the second most targeted tight end home to Washington. Um, they're they're coming in when you adjust for schedule. As 4 for 4 does, I like this metric. There's only one team that is better for opposing tight ends to face in PPR formats. Uh, Ertz, he's just been the man lately. I talked about Washington's defensive woes. Lots of guys that are questionable, haven't been able to practice this week. Coming almost a th- or just a little over 1,000 down on DraftKings. 3,800 on DraftKings, 52 on FanDuel. My man, Mr. Gates, the poster boy of this episode. Against Carolina, one huge thing Luke Keekley is probably likely out against. He is the heart and soul of that D. They've really suffered without him. Uh, Pro Football Focus rates him as the number one linebacker. He's just uh, he's just keeping that team together, and without him, they have not been the same. Only three defenses on the season, giving up more tight end DraftKings points. Mr. Gates is on a team that when they get in the red zone, 40% of the red zone touchdowns goes to the tight end. He only needs two to get the all-time record. So you can't tell me when he gets one and he's one away, <laughs> they're going to say, hey, let's just get this thing. And then yeah. when he ties it, you can't tell me they're going to say, well, you know what? Now that you tie it, let's have it. Let's have you get it all by yourself. Sure. Right? Exactly. So I, I think he's got a multi multi-TD game up his sleeve. Last position, defense. Not a lot to choose from. I'm going high end here. Defense, we talked about it earlier. It's a tough position. I'm only at 2.15x. Hoping to do better, and I think I got some good picks, but who do you like DFS defense? Well, we talked about actually uh, all three of these already. Um, You've got Cincinnati at 5,000. You've got, in this FanDuel dollars, uh, Detroit at 4,600, and at only 4,500 is Tennessee. I like all those calls. I got Bengals as my official call just because they're a little bit cheaper. Now, it depends on where you go. So on DraftKings, Bengals is my call. You know me. I'm a DraftKings guy. We already talked a little bit about them. They're the road favorite. RG3 making his first star. If you remember way back when, week one, just completed 12 of 26 attempts. For you math majors, that's a little over 46% completion. Zero touchdowns, one INT. He did gain 37 yards on the ground, to be fair. But if you're on DraftKings, I like the Bengals. If you're on FanDuel, 
I like the Vikings. The Vikings are only 4,800 on FanDuel, 200 less than the Bengals. Wow. Uh, they're the third most expensive. <laughs> yeah, Vikings are much cheaper on That's FanDuel. Amazing. They're actually the third most expensive on FanDuel, whereas they are the most expensive on DraftKings. Uh, as the Bengals are, so hmm. again, Bengals are the DraftKings play. Vikings are the FanDuel play. Vikings are the Vikings. They are fantastic. They had a little bit of a speed bump, doing much better. Now, I, they're on the road, so I don't like that, but goodness gracious, it's Jacksonville. Bortles is Bortles is Bortles. He leads all quarterbacks with interceptions. Jacksonville allows for opposing Ds to score an average of 6.1 DraftKings point. Only seven teams allow for more. And lately, it's been a free-for-all. In Pyro's PPR scoring, only the Browns have given up more goo to opposing defenses in the last five weeks. Uh, in the same scoring system, in the last three weeks, the Vikings are the third best D. So again, depends on where you play. I play DraftKings, so I'm going Bengals as my official pick for defense. If you're on FanDuel, I think the Vikings are the better call. All right, we got just two, or I'm sorry, three little fun ones, but before we get there, we got the, the last of our trivia tonight. Now, we at Pyro, we like our charts, uh, one of which really reveals, you know, consistency. We've been talking a lot about it all night. Now, we do the top positional weeks. We already kind of talked about it. talks about a player that finishes or how many times they finish as top 12 at their position. We're charting it in standard this year. So at the quarterback spot, there is indeed a quarterback that leads all others in this department, of course. Now, this quarterback has been a top 12 quarterback in 75% of their 2016 games. So that means out of the 12 games played, right, because we're, we've gone through 13 weeks, everybody's had a bye, no injuries, so he's played 12 games. 75% of those 12 games, he has been in the top 12. Now, not only that, he leads all other quarterbacks with six, count them, six top finishes inside the three. So top three finishes. Remarkably, though, he's only been number one once. Can you tell me who this quarterback is? Think about that, and we will be right back. All right, thanks for staying with us, Pyromaniacs. I am Pyromaniac Mo. You can follow me on Twitter. At Pyromaniac Mo, it is all letters, and I am joined tonight by Mr. Bob Lung. You can follow him on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. Now, sir, I asked you the question. This quarterback, 75% of his games, he has been a top 12 finisher, yet he's only been number one once. Who is this quarterback? I think it's Matt Ryan. Ooh, Matt Ryan is super close. Aaron Rodgers, uh. week 11. Week 11 was number one, but again, nine of his 12 games, he was a top 12 finisher. Costas Furberger, that has been Roethlisberger, he's 73%. Of course, he's only played, uh, he's played one less game, eight of his 11. That's how we get that odd percentage. Uh, but if you remember, you know, he missed week seven, so that accounts for that. Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Marietta, Matt Ryan, they're all there with eight of the 12, giving them 67%. All right. Well, we've pretty much run the gamut. We just got a few last calls. So who are you stacking this week, sir? 
if I was going to do a stack, I think I'd do a three, just just because of the cheapness, and then fill in around them. I would do a stack of Cousins, Crowder, and Vernon Davis. Wow, uh, I really like. I would go Cousins. Crowder and Jackson, I have to believe, because if that game does score pop off because they're playing the the two cornerbacks that give up the most fantasy points, I, I like that call, especially if with that uh, Jordan Reed. Mm-hmm. I also like Winston Evans Brait. I think yeah, that's a good that's little a good triple one. stack. Oh, yeah, I like that one. And you know, I, I'm biased. I, I love me some Gates, so. There's got to be that triple game a coming, and I want a little bit of ownership there of Rivers and Gates. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that one out there, but I like the Winston Evans break call. I, I love the the Washington stack as well. Flip side of the coin, who are you fading in DFS? I think this week I would definitely stay away from Russell Wilson. Um, he's playing, you know, in Green Bay. Um, you know, it's supposed to snow again. Uh, Russell Wilson's been terrible on the road this year. Great at home, but terrible on the road. Um, So I'm staying away from Russell Wilson. I I like that one. I want to preface this by saying this is a DFS fade. Not going to fade him whatsoever in your redraft, but Antonio Brown. One, he's in Buffalo. They're expecting snow in the last three games against Buffalo. Across this Furberger, or Ben Roethlisberger, he's only thrown two TDs and two interceptions in his last three games against Buffalo. Mm. Now, positional points against wide receiver number ones, only two defenses allow fewer points than the Bills. Here's the deal, though. I'd rather have Mike Evans who's only $200 more, or better yet, I would like to save $700 on DraftKings, go get OBJ, who I think is going to probably give you relevantly close, or if not better, performance. So I just think for his price in the snow, against a good D, against a team that Roethlisberger's not done that well, I'd rather go with Evans or OBJ. Again, that's a DFS thing. Mm-hmm. Not gonna fade him necessarily. Don't don't quake in your boots if you're doing redraft. The last one we got here, kind of a fun one. Just the what you talking about, Willis? This is the double take one. So a player you might toss out where people are gonna say what? What are you talking about? But they are a bottom dollar or at least within 500 of the bottom pricing, so you can spend up at other positions. Who who's a cheap play that you think might be able to finish okay in some GPP? I'll let you go first. <laughs> All right. I've got one I've already mentioned. This is hinging upon, as it always is, you got to keep your eyes out on Sunday morning, hinging upon the other wide receiver there that is Michael Thomas. So, Michael Thomas out. Give me some Brandon Coleman. Just min price on DraftKings, which is 3000 Again, really contingent on Michael Thomas, but... If he's out, I think Brandon Coleman could have a very nice day in what I'm betting is a bounce-back game for Breeze in which Vegas thinks is going to be the highest-scoring game of the week. Anybody catch your eye that you feel is pretty cheap, even if it's, I mean, we can throw out the $500, but just a cheap guy that you feel will do well? Well, like I said, I, Vernon Davis, but I didn't want to go back to him. But I, I, if Ryan Matthews, like you said, at only $4,600 in FanDuel, um, if Ryan Matthews is back, that's just an incredible price um, in that game. And yeah. I, I think that would be, you know, again, if that's one of those where you see him active and healthy, that's, a, that's an unbelievable value for a starting running back who, like you said, right before he 
had his you know his injury had that huge game where he had like thirty some points. So yeah, in uh, four thousand on DraftKings, forty six on FanDuel. It looks like he is gonna play, and yeah. Uh, 3,300 Washington has got two down linemen questionable, two linebackers questionable. You only need to get 12 points on DraftKings. I mean, that is going to be pretty easy by a starting running back for Philly. So uh, that's a great call with Ryan Matthews. Keep your eye on that. I think he is indeed going to go. All right, Mr. Bob Lung. Thank you for joining me tonight, sir. Oh, I, thank you. That was, this has been a lot of fun and uh, learned a lot about uh, DFS, which I'm not a guy into, but uh, because I'm always trying to promote the consistency over the full season. But uh, you guys have a lot of great knowledge and a lot of great numbers there. I uh, I applaud your site and uh, your, your your techniques. Thank you. And uh, really, I'm looking forward to diving into the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide and checking out Big Guy fantasy sports so thanks for coming on and sharing all the great tips with us it's been a pleasure thank you great to have great to be on here all right once again guys that was bob lung you can follow him on twitter b-o-b underscore l-u-n-g i of course am pyromaniac mo and of course as we always do we, we play a little bit of the song in this case paul simon's obvious child on the way in but stay tuned on the way out you can hear the song in its entirety good luck in the playoffs and until the next time i will catch you on the flip side
Or maybe I'm a dog who's lost his pride I don't expect to be treated like a fool no more I don't expect to sleep the night Some people say a lie is just a lie But I say the cross is in the ballpark 